0: come on everybody let's pray father we thank you for this day we thank you for your goodness your kindness and your mercy we thank you for your word that's about to go forth i pray now god that it will touch everyone it is intended to touch that it cannot return unto you void every ear is open every every ear is attentive every heart is open to see what the holy spirit would say to us today would you enlighten us through your word and god would you encourage us through your word even convict us through your word but this is what I declare today that nobody that hears your word uh, will leave the same so God I pray that no one sees that broken that flawed that sinful man that's standing in front of them but that today your people would only hear you and see you this we believe you for in Jesus name oh come on let me hear it everybody amen and amen do me a favor hold your cup up before the Lord And would you humbly say, fill my cup, Lord, and let it overflow. Got something for you to hold this morning. Would you stick your hands out? I want to give you something. It's heavy. I'm going to tell you it's heavy right now. I'm going to put this on you. It's heavy. I love you. That's heavy. Y'all hold that. Listen, I received that. Thank you so very much. I don't take that lightly. In the book of John, chapter number six, we're going to consider our theme this morning. The Bible is full of examples of when God has entrusted people with just a little bit. Just a little bit. And I'm going to see what you do with just a little bit. and We all know that can go good and that can go bad. And, and, of course, nobody wants to operate with just a little bit. God, we prefer to operate with a lot. Thank you very much. God says, but I'm going to test you. I'm going to see what you would do with a lot. One of the predictors of future behavior, we all know it is past behavior, and so so I'm going to see what you'll do with a little. Now, the widow in Zarephath had a little, and she made it available, there's a key word, to the prophet Elijah. And because she made it available, she presented it, she offered it up, she gave an offering, it did well. The Bible said, y'all remember the story, that her barrel never ran empty again. She made the little that God gave her available back to God and the prophet, she never ran out of meal again. We also remember the story of the talents, the one who got one, just a little bit, just a little bit. And they buried their talent. They didn't make it available. They didn't offer it up. The Bible says that when the master came back of the house, cursed him and even took it from him and gave it to the one who had more. Because he did not make it available Did not try to do anything. And in today's text, we are going to meet someone who just had a little bit. I want you to know today that if we make it available to God, then we can experience a turn up. Turn with me to John chapter 6. The Bible says in verse 1, after this, Jesus went away to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. By the way, I got a lot of points today, so... I made you a, uh, a little sheet. You might want to get it. Raise your hand. Uh, someone will bring what you want if you don't have it. And a large crowd was following him because they saw the signs that if we are following Jesus, somebody celebrate with me, there should be some signs, there should be some evidence that he was doing on the sick. Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat down with his disciples. Now, the Passover, the feast of the Jews, was at hand. And lifting up his eyes then, and seeing that a, that a large crowd was coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, were we to buy bread so that these people may eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. Philip answered him, two denarii or half a day's wages or not worth of bread would not be enough for each of them to get even a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said, but, look at somebody and say, but. (laughs) Come on, everybody, but. But. There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they for so many? Jesus said, have the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down, about 5,000 in number. Jesus then took the loaves, And when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish as much as they wanted. And when they had eaten their fill, he told his disciples, gather up the leftover fragments that nothing be lost. So they gathered them up and filled the 12 baskets with fragments from the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this is indeed the prophet." Who has come into the world and, and this year in 2023 I know that, that God wants to make common ground an example of verse 14 that when people see how God moves in us they will know that this is indeed that we are connected to the prophet that has come into the world and finally I will say but but wait a minute we don't have much but there is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish. But what are they among so many? One of the things that we examined in, in our prayer, <clears throat> when we looked at Jehoshaphat and the nation that came against him, the three nations, we decided that a really good place to be is where God called Jehoshaphat and people of Jerusalem to be. When they said to him, uh, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. We, we're, we're clueless. We have some money, but money's not gonna solve this. We've all been to school, we've got some intellect, but we don't see how that's gonna bless us right now. It is in 2023 when God brings you individually, your family, the church, your community to a place where we have to rely on him. It happened this week at Common Ground Why we planned the most elaborate elder ceremony. It was going to be amazing. And then things began to turn. And so this is is my plan B sermon. This is my audible sermon because I had something totally uh, uh, different to preach. And yet it is emblematic of what God is trying to say, that I'm not going to work consistent with your plans. I'm going to force you to make the adjustment. I'm going to put you in a place where you have to rely on me. The things that you thought were going to work out, the things that you had planned, uh, they're not going to come to fruition. And the only thing that's going to help you is your faith, your belief, your trust in me. And that's exactly what happens here. And so I'm going to give you 10 points. I'm going to preach through exactly what happens. The first thing is that God will bring us to conditions that you and I will find disfavorable. It is by design. Nobody starts out 2023 wanting to be here. We don't want to be in the text. We believe that if we follow Jesus, we shouldn't end up here. I made a decision. I made you my Lord. I made you my Savior. I decided, as we used to say in the church, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. And I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be in this condition. Number one on your paper is God is bringing you to conditions that you don't like. And he's doing it by design. He's bringing all of us to places of insufficiency, inadequacy, and incapability so that he can be the hero in the story. It is his power that's going to make the difference, It is his presence in 2023 that's going to make the difference. And whatever you have that you're confident in, that you would throw at the circumstance, God says, I'm going to make sure that don't work. That's not going to work. So number one is conditions. It is the circumstances affecting the way we live and work. The Bible said uh, that Peter said, Philip said, two denarii worth of bread would not even be enough. We don't have enough. And somehow I pray for you this year that God brings you right here. That God brings us right here. Pastor, don't curse me like that. (laughs) Don't speak that over my life. If God doesn't bring you here, he's not going to be able to show you what he wants to show you. I pray somebody's marriage gets right here. I'm not dogging you. I pray somebody struggles right here with the children I've been here And I want you to know that it's what you do here that's going to make all the difference. Here's what Satan's going to tell you when you get here. God is not for you. Because if God was with you, you wouldn't have trouble with this child. If God was with you, your marriage wouldn't be struggling. If God was with you, your 401k and your bank account would look better than it does right now. And sometimes when you get there, the only thing that brings salve is number two. The fact that God is conscious. Number two, God knows where you are. He allowed it by design. He, he allowed you to be there. And sometimes, y'all, that makes all the difference in the world because I can feel like I'm in a desolate place. I can feel like I'm in a place that even God can't find me here. Has anybody ever been in that low place? And you wonder, if God, even, can God even see me here? Can God find me? The Bible says that he is conscious because lifting up his eyes then and seeing Jesus sees the circumstance. He sees the situation. He saw the Lord's crowd coming toward him. Number three, not only does God see and not only is God conscious, but God is concerned. That's number three. The Bible says, he says, where are we going to buy food so that these people can eat? Jesus knows that, 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 that you need what you need. He knows that he can't let you follow him and not provide your needs. He knows that he can't let you follow him and not open doors for you and not make ways for you. Somebody celebrate with me before I get to my big point that not only does God seize, but he cares. <laughs> if we don't go any further, Somebody may have come to church today just to hear that message. God cares about you. Let me double down on that. I feel it in my spirit. God is with you. The devil is alive. God has not forsaken you. God has not abandoned you. You ain't dead. So God ain't finished. It ain't over. Somebody came to church just to hear that. He sees you, you on his radar, and his heart is towards you. There's a song we used to sing that said, When you cry, God cries too. Number four, after you get through crying, y'all remember when David went to Ziklag and all his family had been taken by the enemy, and the Bible said he cried till he couldn't cry no more. And then at some point, you got to stop crying and start strategizing. <laughs> like, you, well, you want to cry or you want to strategize. There's a time to cry. Then there's a time to stop crying and start strategizing. So they figure out, watch this church. This is very important for somebody in 2023. <sighs> Maybe you've lost a lot and you take inventory. And this is the, Satan's, one of his key plans against us in 2023. He gets us to focus on the negative. He gets us to focus on the losses. He gets us to focus on what it should be, right? And we get so consumed, so overwhelmed, so depressed about what we don't have, we forget to look at what we do have. The Bible says that if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, that's what you should be thinking about. It can be as bad as it's ever been. But here's what God always does. One, he never lets it be worse than you can handle. It may be worse than you think you can handle, but somebody celebrate with me, it's never worse than you can handle. In every cloud, there's a silver lining. And God always makes sure that there's something in your life that's praiseworthy. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You got to find the thing to give God thanks about. You got to pilferage through the negative and find the one positive because that one positive can start the revival. It can turn it around. And if there's nothing else, then God, I praise you for who you are. I praise you for who you are. Does anybody know that the spirit of praise has been given to us for the garment of heaviness? That when we praise God, that can get it started. So, what do you have? Number four, look in your life and examine your contents. In every trial, as bad as this is, 5,000 men plus women and children... No food, no money, no place to buy food. Here's what you got to know in 2023 in your life. God has left something. you got to go find what God left. And enter this circumstance. And wait a minute, wait a minute. Examine everything. Don't dismiss anything. Because what seems insignificant to you may be the exact thing that God is going to use. Right? Comes a little boy... With well, only enough food for himself, into this great big dilemma comes something so insignificant that most of us will say, "Oh yeah, yeah, but well, what's the solution?" Uh, "Eat, son, go ahead and do your thing." Uh, what, "What? We got to find a solution." God says, "I just sent it. It's the little boy with two fish and five barley loaves. It's the thing you're overlooking." It's the thing you don't think is significant. Go back in your life, right, and find something that you think is insignificant. I was, uh, I was down one day, economically and financially, and uh, my father, who died when I was nine, so why I don't say as much about him, he had some marsh stock, right? Had some marsh stock, and it was so insignificant I have 11 brothers and sisters. Nobody paid it any attention, right? Like the value wasn't that great, right? Like he brought it years and years and years ago. And literally like nobody thought it was valuable, so nobody wanted it, right? Somehow it got in my hands. And I was in a really tight situation. And I was like, man, nah, this, this ain't it. No, God, what's the answer? It can't be this little stock my dad brought 30 years ago. And God kept bringing me back to that marsh stop. <laughs> Y'all know the end of this story, right? Man, I cashed that thing again. Man, it was more than enough. What I thought was insignificant had increased significantly in value. It had increased so much that I was able to share with my brothers and sisters. But it sat there for years. Just waiting on somebody to need it. Waiting on somebody to recognize it. Waiting on somebody to consider it might be God's way out. What's sitting around in your life that God can use? Number five. Number four is very important, though, church. Because the solution is probably already in your life. Or it's somebody close to you. Maybe you're somebody else's solution what you can share. Now five, it starts to get supernatural. It is the contingencies... A provision for an unforeseen event or circumstance, a contingency that Jesus had a plan. God knows what we don't know, and God has what we don't have. So, number four is important because we got to go find that small thing, that insignificant thing, and bring that to God. The Bible says if you want to turn up in 2023, God is going to turn up whatever you turn over. So you got to turn that over to God, turn this whole circumstance over to God, turn this whole dilemma over to God and watch God turn up on your behalf. We don't know what to do, but our eyes are on you. We don't have the solution. And God says, if that's what you say, then that's exactly where I want you. That's where I want you. Cause I want you to see, and it's going to make sense in about four more points. So number five are contingencies. Eric, go ahead and put those first five up for me. <clears throat> or maybe they already were. I can't see them like that. It is what God is going to do with what you offer him that you don't have the wherewithal to consider. It is the supernatural realm. It is how God takes a little and it becomes much. It is God's mathematics and not ours. It is God's reasoning and not ours. It is God's way and not ours. His ways are beyond finding out. Does anybody understand that in the text? And God says, "I want you to bring that to me." and then the Bible says that there's a contingency plan because the Bible says Jesus already knew what He was going to do. There's somebody that's wondering about 2023. And you don't have to worry about that because God already knows how he's going to bring you out. God already knows how he's going to heal your family. God already knows how you're going to be delivered. You have to take it to God, though. God can't turn up what you won't turn over. I need to say that again. Because y'all trying to fall asleep on me. God cannot turn up. What you and I will not turn over to him. You cannot get a return on what you want so. Number six, here's what he tells them. He tells them, watch watch this command that he gives in the middle of this circumstance. It is is not what you and I would do because it don't have no action to it. It don't seem like, like we, need to, we, need to, we need to be active. He tells everybody in the middle of the circumstance, just sit down. Sit down. God, I don't know what to do, but I know that ain't no good plan. <laughs> sit down? That don't seem like the good plan. Let's, let's, let's get our minds together. Hey, y'all, let's, let's figure this out. God says, no. Sit down. Rest. Go to a place of contentment. Go to a place of peace. The Bible says that the one thing that they did have was they had a lot of grass. (laughs) They had a lot of grass. So there was room enough for everybody to sit down. This don't seem like a good plan. And God says, in the middle of your trial, I want you to find a place to rest. Just sit there. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not into thine own understanding. In all of thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct your path. Find a place of contentment. God, here it is, here it is, here it is, here it is. I got to tell you this story. 2006, Pastor Fred Robinson died. I got to preach his funeral. Ivy Tech owes me $3,200. Tony, you know this. It's Christmas time. They haven't paid me. I want to buy my children something for Christmas and they are late on my payment and in three days I got to do the biggest thing I've ever done in my life. I got to preach the biggest funeral I've ever preached. I'm, I'm in knots. I got big trials. I need this money and this funeral is going to be massive and I, and I don't know if I got it in me. I don't know if I got this in me. And so in the middle of all of this. I start praying. And the spirit says to me, when you have to do something hard, just walk in the spirit. And he says, what if they don't pay you? They don't pay me. They don't pay me. Ain't nothing I can do about it. And it's right there that I got my peace. They don't pay me. They just don't pay me. I I just won't have the money. However you do it, it's okay. It don't really matter. You know what I need. If you don't do it, I can't make nobody... I can't do it. It was when I got right there that it didn't matter. The next day I got paid (laughs) and the funeral went well. The anointing of God met me there. You got to find contentment right there. But don't fall asleep. Number seven is contribution. It's going to come back to you. Bible said Jesus took the, the food. He blessed it. He broke it, and then he gave it back to you. Now it's going to touch you. You've got to feed yourself. You're going to have to feed yourself. You've got to make sure your hands are clean, that you're anointed, because he gives it right back to them. The Bible says that Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed to them those who were seated. This is number seven, is your contribution. But God is not going to do everything. You're going to have to be ready when it comes back to you to do what will bless yourself. There's going to be a role for you. You can't do the supernatural part. You can't do the big part. You've got to believe for that, but it will come back to you. It's going to touch your hands because how many of you saw this song, this uh, in, in the Christmas uh, little Christmas cartoon or whatever because even a miracle needs a hand. Y'all remember that? Even a miracle is going to touch your hand and you got to be ready to receive the blessing of God. So number seven is contribution. Let me finish it like this. The Bible says, number eight, when you go through this, right, in 2023, you're not supposed to be the same person. You're supposed to leave this day with a conviction about who God is and what God will do, right? Is what I'm learning about God and myself given how he has moved in and under my conditions and circumstances. God is trying to call us to a higher level of conviction of his ways and not our ways, right? Number nine is the conclusion of the whole deal. The things now that I know for sure, that I have no doubt about, no ambiguity, I know that I know that I know because I saw it for myself. I want to stop right here. How many of us have lived through this with God? And God says, wait a minute. Remember that time? How many of us have a remember that time testimony? Come on, raise your hand. Remember that time? Against all odds. Some of us still can't believe what God did. How he showed up. You are never supposed to forget that. That was God giving you evidence of how much he loved you, how much he was concerned about you. And that, church, when somebody talks to you about God, that's supposed to be your conclusion. I know that God will make a way. I know that God will open a door. I know that God has been better to me than I've been to myself. Wait a minute, here's what you're supposed to do. You can't tell me. Because I know for myself what the Lord has done. And what the Lord, and you're never supposed to lose that. That's supposed to be foundational in your life. Here it is, number nine. Here it is. Here's the conclusion. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they said, this indeed, here's the conclusion, is the prophet that has come into the world. God is real. How do you know? Because he's real in my life. He's real in my soul. This is the conclusion that I have. I trust in God. He is the prophet that is coming to the world. And you and I as believers, and in 2023, for everybody that number nine comes to that conclusion, then number 10, you're never supposed to be the same from now on, right? And this is, this is funny in COVID, right? Because the church is going through COVID. Uh, you're supposed to be contagious. God took you through that so that you would be contagious. There's no such thing as somebody that loves God and believes in God who is not supposed to be contagious. That everybody should catch what you have. You're supposed to be so convicted, so full. That you should be willing to tell anybody what the Lord has done for you. The Lord's crowd was following him. Because they saw the signs that he was doing on the sick. Jesus was contagious. Everybody wanted some of that. And if you will allow God in 2023 to work in your life in a similar manner, then people will want some of what God is doing in your life. And you and I have to be willing to share the blessings of the Lord. So I'm going to end it like this. One of the greatest assignments that you and I have Is to let God use our lives. And some people, there are a lot of identifiers that God is in our lives. But I personally believe the greatest thing that ties us to Christ that says we are connected to him is not the sunny days. Because, you know, sunny days. Everybody loves them, right? Tell me, can't, right? Can you stand the rain? It is our ability to endure hardness as a soldier of Jesus Christ. Like the marker for you, the thing that the world needs most from you, is oh, how are you? I'm blessed and highly favored. That's cool. Oh, God blessed me with this and that. That's cool. What the world needs most from you is to know that you, as a believer in Christ, can take a lick and, and keep on ticking. That, hey, y'all, wait a minute. This ain't no heel for a stepper, right? Y'all heard that before? This ain't no heel for a stepper. That I can take it. I can grow through. I can endure. My stuff doesn't never has to be perfect. I never need all the answers. I'm cool with some blanks in my life that I don't, I don't know. I'm good to walk by faith and not by sight. I'm good for that. Bring it on. Because if I'm in God, it does not have to be hunky-dory. And church, that's the thing that the world needs from us more than anything. Paul said, that I might know him. And the fellowship, y'all, of his suffering. I can go through. I can take it. I don't have to have the answers. I'm cool if I can't buy my way out. Abraham, take Isaac up there. Abraham's, he's got people at his disposal. He's got position, he's got possessions, right? Abraham's rich. Abraham has lofty position. He can tell people what to do, right? In fact, two people went with him To sacrifice Isaac, he left him at the base of the mountain. He's got people who will roll with him. He's got possession. He's got power. And God says, yeah, but ain't none of that going to help you right here. Because here's what's true. You can't buy a ram in the bush. They're not for sale. Right? You can't buy one. They're not for sale. The only thing that matters right now, Abraham, is do you trust me? And can you go through? And then when you do, God says, now surely in blessing, I'm going to bless you. And in multiplying, I'm going to multiply you. Because you showed me what you would do with a little. Now I'm going to gladly give you a lot. But if you won't give me two fish and five barley loaves, I cannot give you 20 fish and 50, Lord. I, I just ain't going to do it because I don't trust what you'll do with it. So in 2023, y'all, I'm done. Perhaps the way, and I'm excited that the word of the Lord, and Pastor Eric preached two weeks ago, that we're at the point of no return. Excellent sermon. Go back and hear it. I believe that we are. I believe that we are and in our initiatives, the things that we're called to do. But the only thing that will get us through is faith in God. We don't have what it takes to do this initiative without God. There will be some unknowns, some unforeseens. But if we trust God and trust him together, and if everyone here offers God the little bit that we have because he gave everybody something, we don't know the big thing. We don't have to have the big thing. We could all just decide we're going to give him humility. What if everybody said we're going to give humility? What if everybody said I'm gonna I'm gonna give you I'm gonna die to my preferences and my ways. Then something amazing could be birthed here. And y'all, we will become contagious. Come on, let's give God praise for the word of God. <clears throat> this is an outline I did several years ago and it's what God gave me. If you missed any of those, they should be up there now. There's a, a lot more behind all of those, and if you there's actually another handout I have, I'd be happy to share it with you. That goes into every scripture and the, and the convention, the what what the, what the uh, word is based upon. I'd be happy to share that with you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this day. I thank you for this word. Thank you for this time of sharing with our brothers and sisters. I thank you that we are all. Understand now that you cannot turn up what we will not turn over. Sometimes we believe that what we have to offer you is so insignificant, and now we know that you make it that way so we won't have tr- confidence in the offering, we'll have conf- confidence in you. Would you bless Common Ground Northeast? Would you bless Eric? Would you bless Jody? Would you bless Sam? who are all out today. God, would you bless us today to go back into our lives and in the midst of circumstances and trials, would you bless us to offer and find the thing that you've left. Find the thing that is praiseworthy. Even if it's insignificant, we're going to bring it to you. And God, together, we're going to experience and see you turn it up. This we believe you for in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, everybody. Give God praise for the word today.